welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello, welcome back everyone. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Sarah, did you forget what you <laughs> what you were doing there for a moment? I was I like did. I was like, wait, is she there? Hello. <laughs> it was such a struggle. Like it hit me where I was like, wait, what am I doing? And um yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi. Hi you everyone. Know what? You know what, everyone? Um it, it probably doesn't seem like that long to you, but we have not recorded in over a month. So Sarah is getting back on the horse, and I'm Ooh. so glad that you're back. I've missed you. The listeners have missed you, but uh, oh, I've missed you guys too. And you can tell I'm on a struggle bus. I'm like, wait, what happened? So to catch you guys up in the last month, it's been really great, but busy, busy, busy. We moved, so I. This is the first time I'm like using our our office space with like the podcast setup, which is still not completely set up. And my mom was here visiting for a month, mm-hmm. so yeah, it was really nice. But definitely missed you guys a lot, and happy yeah. to record, even if I don't remember how to do it or forgot my name. I was like, <laughs> "Who am I? When did I get here? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> Where am I?" Um, but okay, before we jump into the the topic today, we have some new patrons to shout Woo! out. A big hello and welcome to Alexis. Hi, Alexis. Hello, Alexis, and welcome. Thanks for for supporting us. Yeah, and Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Welcome. Hello, Ashley. I'm going to call you Ash. Hi. Oh, cute. Uh, Kathy. Hello. Welcome, Kathy. Hello, Kathy. Welcome and thank you. Um, And... Our patron Melanie upped their pledge, which is Ooh. always very flattering. So thank you, Melanie. Thank you to all our patrons. For yes. Thank you, Melanie, for upgrading. And as always, thanks so much to our patrons. You guys keep the podcast going and we love you so much. And even though I wasn't recording last month, I was like following a bit of the conversation in the post. And I was like, oh, I miss these guys. So <laughs> I know. Great. They're so Oh, just so great. And we just recorded a little Patreon episode where I literally was, tears were streaming down my face. I was crying, <laughs> laughing. So go check that out. <laughs> it's a good one. It's funny. Uh, okay. So today's episode, I found an article I want to share with you uh, on LDS Living. Oh, no, it's LDS Living. Katie, tell our Nevermo listeners what LDS Living is. LDS Living is a website that they post. Uh, I don't think that they're technically owned by the LDS Church, but maybe they are. I feel like the LDS Church just owns everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, they're a website that shares uh, articles that are like faith promoting or whatever to Mormons or members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. <laughs> and, uh, do they also have, sorry, I'm just thinking, maybe I'm making this up, but do they also have, like, recipes? Probably. I think I think they have, like, any everything. They have, like, different sections on their website. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, this article was published August 2019, and it's titled, Eight Divine Accounts of Prophets and Apostles Seeing the Savior. Uh, Yeah. So (laughs) I grew up full on believing that like prophets and apostles 
literally saw Jesus, like, face-to-face talk to him in the temple. Did you yep. grow up believing that? I did. And in fact, well, I kind of, I think we talked about this in podcasts before in the past with prophets, but I don't know if it was because growing up in Georgia, like, the church isn't, like, the culture isn't as influential. So, like, prophets and apostles just seemed really distant to me. Like, they were never, like, these sacred things or like people who could speak to God. Like I knew, I knew we were taught that, but like, I just didn't really grasp it. Like the same way with conference. Like for me, as I said before, it was just like a Sunday. You didn't have to go to church. So like, I didn't really fully <laughs> get it until yeah. I moved to Utah and, and my first BYU devotional president, Gordon B. Hinckley came and he like walked in the room and I write about it in my journal where I'm like, oh my God, I felt the spirit so strong. And like, I started crying because I just knew like the spirit told me and confirmed that he was the Lord's prophet and mouthpiece. And like, he definitely has seen and spoken to Christ and God, like all these things. Of course, that's not really what happened. It was just like an old man waving his cane. And I got (laughs) okay, like, that's what it is. An old man waving his cane. And that's not a euphemism, people. No, that's literally what he does. That's what he's known for. Waving the cane. Oh. Yeah, it's funny. They like, especially, yeah, when you really get into like the Utah Mormondom, it's like the the prophets and apostles are like worshipped. And yeah. they are the mouthpiece of God. And I've noticed that recently, like this year, um, the church seems to kind of be like backpedaling, like they don't want to seem so bizarre. So they kind of have backpedaled being like, oh, we're just witnesses of Christ. Like they don't use the term like, "Whoa, I saw him, but they used to say that all the time. And, you know, in 2019, they were still saying it. So I wanted to share what these, these dudes say that they claimed they have seen of Ooh. the same. <clears throat> okay. This is how the article starts. Our prophets and apostles have been set apart as special witnesses of our Savior, Jesus Christ. While we do not need to see our Redeemer face to face to testify of his divine life and mission, some church leaders have shared remarkable accounts of when they saw the Lord, whether through dreams or visions. (laughs) Dreams or visions, or they took a few mushrooms, and that's what happened. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I love how it's like they saw the Lord in dreams or visions like does it really count if you're seeing him in a dream I mean honestly I've had a dream about Christ when I was really Mormon and I saw him in a dream so does that mean uh, oh my god am I a Mormon prophet oh my god you're an apostle a hundred percent yeah and I also think it's funny how they use the word like so savior Jesus Christ and the Lord they use those like interchangeably but then also don't they use Lord for Heavenly Father, HF? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've called it, like, called HF Lord before. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's, like, in Mormon. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's very confusing because in other Christian denominations, Jesus is God. Like, Jesus is the, you know, it's, like, all wrapped up into, like, Yeah, the the three in one, right? Three in one package. Versus in Mormonism, they are very separate and they have like physical bodies so it's like oh weird okay so this is a quote from president george f richards he said last night i dreamed of seeing the savior and embracing him the feelings i cannot describe 
but I think it was a touch of heaven. I never expect anything better hereafter. The love of man for woman cannot compare with it. What a weird comparison to even make in the first place. Like, I know it was like, it's like verging on sexual. Yeah. Like, why would you even, why would you even draw attention to that or like make that statement? That to me just seems weird. Of course. Like, I think it's an obvious thing. Of course, it's not going to be the same love unless you sexualize. (laughs) I don't know. That's just weird. It's, it's so weird. And it's just like, I've, I'll never expect anything better than this dream I had where I hugged JC. <laughs> um, and had a wet dream because I feel like that's what's coming too. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I know. And then he said, May we be faithful and make every sacrifice necessary to live in his presence forever. Ooh. So culty. So culty, like every sacrifice necessary. Ooh. Oh yeah, all because you had an arousing dream about <laughs> Jesus no love will ever compare. <laughs> yeah. CJ's nipple was just a little <laughs> too exciting. <laughs> that one nipple that teases you and that throw over rope, you know, gets you every time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. During a 1974 general conference, President Spencer W. Kimball related a dream President George F. Richard shared while in a meeting with the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. And here's what he said. <clears throat> the Lord has revealed to men by dreams something more than I ever understood or felt before. I heard this more than once in quorum meetings of the Council of the Twelve. When George, <laughs> when George F. Richards was president, he said, I believe in dreams, brethren. The Lord has given me dreams, which to me are just as real and as much from God as was the dream of King Nebuchadnezzar or the dream of Lehi, who through a dream led his colony out of the old country across the mighty deep to this promised land or any other dreams that we might read in the scripture. <laughs> what? Like Now that you're reading this, I just... It's one of those moments, again, where you just sit there and you go, like, I believed in that. And I didn't make the connection of how absurd I know. It is that, the, that they're like, yeah, I saw Christ in dreams. Well, it, dreams don't count. <laughs> dreams about whatever. I love that. Dreams don't count. <laughs> like, honestly. I know. I dream some really weird shit sometimes. It doesn't mean it's real. <laughs> exactly like and I just can't believe I never because we've heard this before they always say like they came to them in dreams and visions and obviously we've covered Lehi's dream and how like yeah that is from the Lord but it's just one of those things where you're like oh yeah that makes sense and then you leave the church and you're like what how is that not like the most obvious thing that yeah that doesn't mean you saw God if you had a dream no it doesn't it doesn't mean anything and also Lehi is a fictional character, and J-Dog gave him this fictional dream. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, it's a dream within a dream within a dream. <laughs> it's like Inception. Isn't that the movie? It is, yes. It just, oh. again, it's like one of those things where you just leave yourself scratching your head, where you're like, uh, and especially, this is a bit of a tangent, but the Patreon episode we just recorded is just even more validation of, like, how did I believe this? I cannot <laughs> believe it. It's like every everything is being debunked, and I just am baffled. You just kind of feel, like, like silly. Like, I put, like, I've actually believed in this. I put confidence in this. What? How? Exactly. <laughs> and 
just a little shout out to someone who I love. I'm not going to say who, but we were talking about this and she was like saying that after listening to our episodes, but she also was just thinking like, oh my God, how did I believe in this? Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Now that we break down the Book of Mormon stories and everything, it's just like, what? <laughs> and it's like never ending. There's just like so much stuff you can break down. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he goes on. I had a dream, which I am sure was from the Lord. And uh, yeah, you're sure. In this dream, I was in the presence of my Savior as he stood midair. He spoke no word to me, but my love for him was such that I have not words to explain. I know that no mortal man can love the Lord as I experienced that love for the Savior unless God reveals it to him. I would have remained in his presence but there was a power drawing me away from him. As a result from that dream, I had this feeling that no matter what might be required of my hands, what the gospel might entail unto me, I would do what I should be asked to do, even to the laying down of my own life. Okay, if we all did that because we ate a little too much garlic or onions before we went to bed, <laughs> and you're in your 30s, then yeah, there'd be a lot of people making some crazy obligational comp like promises to lay down their life and we'd have so many more cults like honestly those I know just from eating curry before bed like <laughs> it's so true like and just that it's so culty to be like I'll do anything I'll even take my life like I'll do anything and it's like whoa yikes like wow over a dream you guys think about all the times you've had dreams like and waking up the next morning being like that's it I will lay down my life because of this dream like yeah um sir whoa. It's not okay <laughs> all right when Allie Young granddaughter of President Lorenzo Snow was a young girl she used to visit her grandfather in his office in the temple. One night, while walking Allie out of the temple, President Snow suddenly stopped Allie in the hallway and told her about his heavenly experience in the temple. The following is an excerpt from The Lord Needed a Prophet. So I'll read that. But also, I guess back in the day, were little kids just allowed to go into the temple willy-nilly? Like, Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Because I, I, yeah. I know now you have to be... 13 right and you can go yeah. in and do baptisms for the dead but you can't like go into any other rooms yeah exactly you have to wait so, in the little like visitor center room yeah interesting okay so <laughs> president <laughs> president snow suddenly stopped and said wait a moment ally i want to tell you something <laughs> oh god uh, ally listened intently as her grandfather told her of an unforgettable experience he had once had at that place in the temple. He said, quote, It was right here that the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to me at the time of the death of President Woodruff. He, inst he instructed me to go right ahead and reorganize the first presidency of the church at once and not wait as it had been done after the death of previous presidents and that I was to succeed President Woodruff as president of the church. President Snow held out his left hand and said, he stood right here, about three feet above the floor. It looked as though he stood on a plate of solid gold. <laughs> still, what? Still speaking in hushed, reverent tones, President Snow told Ali that the Savior's appearance was so glorious and bright that he could hardly look at him. He, President Snow put his right hand on Ali's head and said, now, granddaughter, 
I want you to remember that this is the testimony of your grandfather, that he told you with his own lips that he actually saw the Savior here in the temple and talked with him face to face. Holy shit. First of all, Lorenzo Snow was obviously tripping on something, if that really did happen in his mind. But second of all, it's so obvious, like, he just wanted to be in control and in power. Exactly. That's what stood out to me. I'm like, he was just power hungry. Like, that's cult 101 to be like, God came to me and told me that I'm supposed to be in charge now. And because God came to me and told me no one else can can, you know, op- oppose me. No one can question me. Yeah, because I saw <laughs> Jesus standing on a block of gold. That means it's me. I'm Mor- succeed. Mormons are obsessed with, like, blocks of metal things. Or, right? like... <laughs> it's not brass, it's gold. It's like, all right, guys, what about silver? What about, like, not having metal objects? <laughs> and what's this, like, Jesus, like, levitating? I just think it's so funny. <laughs> Next up, we have George Q. Cannon. So, while serving as a missionary in Hawaii, President George Q. Cannon had a sacred experience with the Savior. He said, quote, On one occasion, while praying in a garden, President Cannon received a powerful divine manifestation, so sacred to him that he seldom mentioned it in public and never supplied details. Daniel, <laughs> Daniel Peterson wrote in the De Deseret News. Later, though, he recorded that God, quote, revealed himself to me as he had never done before (laughs) (laughs) it's so dirty how can you not go there like he revealed himself i'm just seeing like god in a trench coat with nothing underneath and just being like bam i'm here (laughs) he's like hey look at my wiener (laughs) (laughs) how can you not go there oh um, he said, many things were revealed to me during those days when he was the only friend we had to lean upon. A friendship was thus, thus established between our father and myself, which I trust will never be broken or diminished. He condescended to commune with me, for I heard his voice more than once as one man speaks with another. Uh, uh, that just sounds like you're hearing things in your head. Exactly, which is fine, but don't base a religion off of that. I know. <laughs> um, okay, next we have Elder Orson F. Whitney. What a name, Orson. I know, Orson. Okay, then came a marvelous manifestation, an admonition from a higher source, one impossible to ignore. It was a dream or a vision in a dream as I... <laughs> As I lay upon my bed in the little town of Columbia, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Thanks for that detail. <laughs> I, I, I seem to be in the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane. Oh, God, I can't say that word. Garden I of- can never say that one either. Gethsemane, though. Garden of Gethsemane. Okay, there we go. I seem to be in the Garden of Gethsemane, a witness of the Savior's agony. I saw him as plainly as I have seen anyone. Standing behind a tree in the foreground, I beheld Jesus with Peter, James, and John as they came through a little wicket gate at my right. Leaving the three apostles there after telling them to kneel and pray, the Son of God passed over to the other side, where he also knelt and prayed. It was the same prayer which all Bible readers are familiar. Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Okay, whatever. Then, as he prayed, the tears streamed down his face. 
which was toward me. I was so moved at the sight that I also wept out of pure sympathy. My whole heart went out to him. I loved him with all my soul and longed to be with him as I longed for nothing else. Presently, he arose and walked to where the apostles were kneeling, fast asleep. He shook shook them gently, awoke them, and in a tone of tender reproach, untinctured by the least show of anger or impatience, asked them plaintively if they could not watch with him one hour. There he was, with the awful weight of the world's sin upon his shoulders, with the pangs of every man, woman, and child shooting through his sensitive soul, and they could not watch with him one poor hour before falling asleep. Returning to his place, he offered up the same prayer as before, then went back again and found them sleeping. (laughs) Scandalous, sleeping again. Three times this occurred, until I was perfectly familiar with his appearance, face, form, and movements. He was of noble stature and and majestic, not at all the weak, effeminate being that some painters have portrayed. Yikes. And all at once, the circumstance seemed to change, the scene remaining the same. Instead of before, it was after the crucifixion, and the Savior with the three apostles now stood together in a group at my left. They were about to depart and ascend to heaven. I could endure it no longer. I ran from behind the tree, fell at his feet, clasped him around the knees, and begged him to take me with him. I shall never forget the kind and gentle manner in which he stooped, raised me up, and embraced me. It was so vivid, so real. I felt the very warmth of his body as he held me in my arms and said in the tenderest tones, No, my son, these have finished their work. They can go with me, but you must stay and finish yours. Still, I clung to him, gazing up into his face, for he was taller than I, and I besought him fervently, well, promise me that I will come to you at last. (laughs) Smiling sweetly, he said, that will depend entirely upon yourself. Oh my god, I, it sounds like you're reading, like, a romance novel. I, that's, okay, I'm glad that you picked up on that, because that was what I was going for. It was like, whoa, he's, like, fault, like, romancing. Like, this is totally a romance novel. Like, I was just waiting for the word throbbing to be introduced at some point, and then I was like, yeah, that's a romance novel, for sure. It's throbbing. so funny and, like, silly. It's like, yeah, you had a dream, and you like fell in love with a man who looked like CJ in your dream. And so now it's real. Uh, it doesn't make sense. Um, and just because you add more details to it doesn't mean it's more real. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. What do they say about like a, a lie? You can tell when someone's lying when they just keep on adding details and it's like, um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Next we, <clears throat> it says, Most Latter-day Saints know Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ visited Joseph Smith in the Sacred Grove in 1820, but many might not know the Savior appeared to Joseph many times later in life. In 1836, after the dedication of the Kirkland Temple, Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery were praying on the first floor of the temple. The curtains dropped around the pulpit area, and they saw the Lord at the pulpit. Of the, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> of the savior joseph wrote quote his eyes were as a flame of fire the hair of his head was white like pure snow his countenance shone above the brightness of the sun and his voice was the sound of the gushing of great waters even the voice of jehovah 
<laughs> what? That description. Fucking creepy. Like his it's eyes creepy. were his eyes were as a flame of fire. Although I just keep giggling in my head because I'm thinking of that filter on Instagram where you could use to make your eyes look flames. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking of right now. So yeah, so CJ's up there with fire <clears throat> fire devil eyes, bright white. <laughs> I'm just picturing like bright white poofy hair. And like he opens his mouth and it sounds like it's a river. Like that is a scary movie. <laughs> that is a terrifying movie. Or the best white noise machine ever. One oh, of there you go. Does Rory use white a white noise machine to sleep? Yeah, he does, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it could be what maybe what? Should I get him a doll created that looks like that? And when he touches it, his mouth opens and it's just white noise? <gasps> yes. I think I think you should. I think I'll have to get CJ created in a doll like this. Done. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. Uh, okay. So President David O. McKay, or as <laughs> our friend Kelly calls him, David O. McKay. So in 1921, David O. McKay was touring the church's missions around the world when he had a dream aboard a ship destined for Samoa. About this dream, President McKay wrote. Okay, we're going to hear about his dream, what he wrote. Okay. Oh, boy. Towards the evening, the reflection of the afterglow of a beautiful sunset was most splendid. The sky was tinged with pink, and the clouds lingering around the horizon were fringed with various hues of crimson and orange, while the heavy cloud farther to the west was purple and black. These various colors cast varying shadows on the peaceful surface of the water. Those from the cloud were long and dark, with those from the crimson, the crimson-tinged sky, clear but rose-tinted and fading into a faint pink that merged into the clear blue of the ocean. He's very painting. A wow. <laughs> okay. Pondering upon this beautiful scene, I lay in my berth at ten o'clock that night and thought to myself, charming as it is, it doesn't stir my soul with emotion as do the innocent lives of children and the sublime characters of loved ones and friends, their beauty, unselfishness, and heroism are, after all, the most glorious. I then fell asleep and beheld in vision something infinitely sublime. In the distance, I beheld a beautiful white city. Though far away, yet I seemed to realize that trees with luscious fruit, shrubbery with gorgeously tinted leaves, and flowers in perfect bloom abounded everywhere. The clear sky above seemed to reflect these beautiful shades of color. I then saw a great concourse of people approaching the city. Each one wore a white flowing robe. Instantly, my attention seemed centered upon their leader. And though I could see only the profile of his features and his body, I recognized him at once as my savior. Sounds like a cult. <laughs> the, the tint and radiance of his countenance were glorious to behold. There was a peace about him which seemed sublime. It was divine. The city, I understood, was his. It was the city eternal, and the people following him were to abide there in peace and eternal happiness. But who were they? As if the Savior read my thoughts, he answered by pointing to a semicircle that then appeared above them, and on which were written in gold's word, gold words, These are they who have overcome the world, who have truly been born again. Uh. And, and when I woke, it was breaking day over the harbor. The end. <laughs> the end. I mean, what the what the hell? That's like the most. <sighs> I just am picturing like all the people in the robes and then like there's a, a semicircle with gold words that say, these are they who have overcome the world, who have truly been born again. Like, 
uh, I'm scared. This is scary. I'm not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. And I love how he, like, described, like, nature and how beautiful everything was, but then was like, but that really wasn't anything compared to my weird cult dream. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm still scratching my head over the description. It's like all these details about nature and then this, and then it's just like, and then that's it. The end. The end. Yeah. yeah. So that must be real, right? Right? Yeah. Must be real. Yeah. So here's a quote from Elder Melvin J. Ballard, which... Who's that? I, I, okay, so do you know M. Russell Ballard? Yeah. Remember how we were like, uh, like, what does the M stand for in M. Russell Ballard, who's a current apostle? And... I looked it up and it was Melvin. And so we started calling him masturbating Melvin because he can't. Oh, talk yeah. To so this is his, I think it was either his father or his grandfather, Elder Melvin J. Ballard. That's What's where he got his name from. for? Now I need to know the J. We know the no, N. No. I didn't, I didn't look it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so this is what he said. When I was doing missionary work with some of our brethren, laboring among the Indians, which, okay, first of all, yikes. Yeah. Uh, seeking the Lord for light to decide certain matters pertaining to our work there and receiving a witness from him that we were doing things according to his will, I found myself one evening in the dreams of the night in that sacred building, the temple. After the dreams a, of the night. The dreams of the night. After a season of prayer and rejoicing, I was informed that I should have the privilege of entering into one of those rooms to meet a glorious personage. And as I entered the door, I saw, seated on the raised platform, the most glorious being my eyes have ever beheld or that I ever conceived existed in all the eternal worlds. As I approached to be introduced, he arose and stepped towards me with extended arms, and he smiled as he softly spoke my name. If I shall live to be a million years old, I shall never forget that smile. He took me into his arms and kissed me and pressed me to his bosom and blessed me until the marrow of my bones seemed to melt. When he had finished, I fell at his feet. And as I bathed him with my tears and kisses, I saw the prints of the nails in his feet of the redeemer of the world. The oh. love. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's, that's soft porn. That's like, that's. That's an erotic novel. What is happening? I was gonna say pressed into the bosom and then like the kissing and then how he's like kissing his feet. Yeah, we're yeah. at like foot fetish level here. <laughs> what is happening? Right? And then he just goes on to say like how much he loves him and all that. But like that is just really um that's a lot, Melvin. That's Melvin. I think I think you're projecting some of your, your your sexual fantasies. You have to. I mean, there's no way. If you took out the context of this being <laughs> the Lord, that's literally that that's like the premise of every erotic novel, what they're describing. That's crazy. Yep. That's Just crazy. How it's like I'll never forget that smile and the Yeah, and, the, and after right. he finished. <gasps> I know. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> the last one I have is from Elder LeGrand Richards. Who is this? <laughs> As a, an elder, I guess. On on Monday, May 10th, 1926, LeGrand Richards, who was then serving as a missionary in Massachusetts, re recorded a divine dream he had of Jesus Christ. The dream came after a particularly frustrating day in his mission. This is what he wrote. 
I had a very beautiful dream last night. I dreamed that while we were met together in priesthood meeting, the Savior appeared in a pillar of light, and immediately we began to sing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to our Lord. It was a most wonderful feeling, and I awakened with the thought that, though the world doubted his coming, I had actually lived to see it. It was a, it was a sweet and beautiful climax. Oh, no. <laughs> no. After they just said, we've seen his coming, and it was a sweet and, oh. And then he finishes. <sighs> he said, I do hope I will be worthy of him when he does a- appear, for I do know he shall come. Oh, no. <laughs> no. How they could not have written this and been like, don't see anything inappropriate about this. Like you come on. It was a sweet and beautiful climax, Sarah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> also the uh Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Do you remember during COVID when they had um they they televised uh R- Rusty Russell M. Nelson and he was like waving his hanky. Yes. <laughs> Like the white hanky going, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And it was so fucking funny. And I was like, there are Mormons all around the world just waving white hankies looking at their TV right now. Like, <laughs> oh my God, saying Hosanna. And then again, in this context, it just sounds dirty to me. Like, it's like, call me Hosanna, talk dirty to me. Like, that's what I think of. <laughs> it will be a sweet and beautiful climax. <laughs> <laughs> And a okay. white hanky as well. Oh. <laughs> I can't stop giggling. I I just I know that this is like kind of immature or whatever, but you guys, you can't you can't not go there when they set it up so perfectly. You like can't come on. Like I there's just, no way. You could be the most mature person in the world who never thinks about these kind of things, but when you read that, it's like, I mean, how can you not? <laughs> And also, that's the end of the article, but it's so funny to me that, like, this is published seriously. Like, this is, they're saying these are divine accounts of prophets and apostles seeing the Savior. This is so, like, faith-promoting. And someone compiled all these things and seriously took the time to, like, edit it and put it together and write up this article and put it up on the website and Mormons read it and share it on social media. And I'm like, how do you not see, first of all, it's just dumb because they're dreams. It's not, like, yeah, actually it's, seeing. It. Yeah, exactly. And then also just, like, the funny, like, sexual innuendos that are so blatant. <laughs> like, and if this person who wrote it, obviously, too, and they're pulling together these quotes and these stories, how did they not? Like, to me, it's just a bit like, are they really that oblivious? Or did part of them know that that's yeah, what they're That's writing? what I wonder, because, like, even as a Mormon, I still kind of could catch on to, like, sexual innuendo jokes. Like, not nearly as much as I do now, obviously, because I was quite sheltered. But you could kind of, like, catch on a bit. But it seems like this person, like, either they knew and they were kind of, like, giggling or they just are oblivious or naive. I don't know. I'm, And part of me is like, can they really be that naive? I mean, if you're if you're really deep in the Mormonism, then yeah, probably. I guess so. And if you like grew up in the bubble, I mean. Yeah, yeah. If you're just, you don't really think about like the other context. 
I mean, <laughs> there are Mormons in Utah who are having sex with the armpit, so. <laughs> I mean, Do you think people are really doing that? Yeah, I mean, how else do you get crabs in your armpit? Ew, that just is so gross. <laughs> and I love that Chelsea Handler made that video as well. Oh, I know. Hand joke. But oh. I'm just, like, thinking about, like, how naive some Mormons in Utah are when it comes to sexual stuff. So maybe, honestly, they do read this shit and they're like, oh, yeah, that sounds fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and are they, maybe some of them do, like, kind of see the innuendos, but they just pretend like they don't because they're like, oh, that means that I have a dirty mind and I just don't need to be thinking like that or something, you know? <laughs> anyway, that is the article. And I am so, I'm so pleased that you picked up on everything that I picked up on. Cause like, if you didn't, it could have been quite boring. And I was like, okay, wait, am I just like making this into something? It's not, but you, you said like everything I was thinking when I read it the first time. <laughs> What a gym. As usual, you found a great article that I'm just like scratching my head. And you know what else was, makes me like giggle so much is I guarantee this article has been used as a lesson or like a resource. Yes. For, like, for sh- oh, definitely. Evening or. Yeah. <laughs> imagine sitting there and just being like, wow. It's a sweet and beautiful climax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they make that like candlestick treat. Oh, <laughs> gross! Yeah, listeners. Um, yeah. If you haven't, we talk about that on Patreon too. <laughs> uh, that's something else. Yeah. yeah, I think they call it candlestick salad, which makes it candlestick worse. Salad. Yeah, Google it. Yeah, uh, Google. Don't Google it at work. <laughs> no, 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 no. Google it in the privacy of your own home, or when you're taking a poo. That's when you Google it. That's when you Google it. Uh, all right, listeners. Um, before we go, could you guys? I just want to say thank you to those of you who have left us really nice reviews on Apple Podcasts. You guys are the best. And if you haven't already, could you please just go give us five stars? It helps other people find us that might enjoy our content. Um, yes, please yeah, do. So- and if you have a bad review, just don't leave it. Yeah. yeah. Nothing besides five stars, please. Thank you. (laughs) All right. We'll be back next week. Talk to you guys later. Bye.